welcome to the Christine Wolf Podcast. I am your host, Christine Wolf, and we are coming to you once again from the studios at Space in Evanston, Illinois. You've got to check it out. Uh, the website is linked right to the podcast. I'd like to welcome our amazing guests, Lisa Delantoni, founder of Open Studios Evanston, and Chris Bradley with Artist Studio Project. Hi. Hi. Thanks Hello. for having me. Usually what we do is cover tiny bites of inspiration for some of life's biggest challenges. And let's just jump right in and find out what is the biggest challenge that the two of you are facing right now. I moved to Evanston four years ago and was quickly looking for ways to engage in my community. Um, I only like uh, certain subcultures of humans in terms (laughs) of who I'm going to spend my time engaging with, one of which one of whom is artists, journalists, creators, makers. So I really quickly wanted to get involved with that group of people. So I joined the Arts Council, um, started attending a lot of art events, and then uh, thought, oh, well, I'll just go to the studio tour that they have every year here. And then there wasn't one. And when you say the studio tour, you met in Evanston? Yeah, or? so like most cities across the planet, really, because it's a global phenomenon, it's not, you know, American, uh, have an annual, if not biannual studio tour where they make a map of artist studios and then you just get to go walk around and look at the art, meet the artist in your neighborhood and buy art. It's really, it's not fancy. It's not high tech. It's super low tech. So I just assumed that Evanston had one because it's a vibrant community. We have something like 10 times the average population of artists in Evanston than in any Hmm. other city. And it's crazy. Um, And then there wasn't one. And I was like, why is there not one? Oh, well, and then I heard a bunch of why we couldn't have it and why it wasn't happening. And I thought, well, then I want one, so I'm just going to make one happen. So last year we did this, we put together a team of volunteers and did a two little litmus test, one in June, one in October, just asked a couple artists uh, if they'd like to open their studio doors for a five-hour period. Um, And they said, yeah, we would love to do it. And it was a success. It was this very easy, super fun thing. And it was a success. And then the first year was over and everybody said, okay, well, when's your next one? How are you going to promote it? Where's the billboard? Who's your event photographer? I mean, then like after it was a alleged success, everybody wanted the high tech part to happen. Gotcha. So with the handful of volunteers that I had, we needed a branding. We needed a name. We needed a logo. Um, and we also had $1. So we didn't have a budget, you know? So it was one of these things where... Well, hopefully this project is interesting enough to people um, that volunteers will just sort of trickle in. And that's where Chris comes into it. So my immediate alleviation was I, I got to meet the artist in my community on a very basic level. That's all I really wanted to do. Um, and then the second pain point was once I did that with creating an event with a group of people, I then needed to make that event look really um, not an organic homegrown farmer's market table knitting project, but an actual beautiful, legitimate project. And we really needed someone to capture that. And really serendipitously, um, that problem got cured by Chris. How so? So that was my challenge. So yeah, talk about your challenge and how. Well, the the how so... I bumped into Lisa by chance. My daughter goes to local Evanston school. I got an email like, artist in residence. Uh, Nieves Piloto, who's a really well-known sculptor who lives in Evanston. I don't think he's got he's, he's got a kid going to, to the school in, in like uh, okay. next year or something. So okay. he's trying to gotcha. get involved now. He's installing this big mural. I got an email saying he needed help. Huh. And, um, you know, I like to volunteer at my 
kid's school. It's like a good thing to do. So I went and I met him. He's a really cool dude, neat story, uh, sort of a big personality. And I got to talking with him. And I actually had started the, the this project of shooting artists in their studio spaces a couple of years back, and it sort of fizzled out because I was posting on Craigslist. I didn't know. Yeah. So you put ads on Craigslist inviting well, at the, at people the ver- to get the at the ver- taken? Yeah, at the very beginning, um, oh. I was trying to build up a body of work. This sure. was years ago. I was trying to build up a body of work. I like artists. They're they're interesting people. They're cool people. And their studio spaces are, you know, they're full of creativity. They're full of stuff that yeah. has been made. So as far as styling goes, it's really easy for me. Yeah. I wander in and, you know, it's like a physical manifestation of the creative process. <laughs> sure, it's fascinating. And then artists look cool too. Like, <laughs> the cool hair. I mean, you have to look cool if you're an artist. So like that's super, I, I wander in, I light it and, and I have a great photo. So it's pretty advantageous for me. Yeah. But the, the project fizzled out because I was offering this to people and people like, you know, no such thing as a free lunch. I'm, I'm not even looking. So um, you really had very little reply as opposed to a lot of creepy I had a weirdo. Few. Well, no, it's the, I did get the creepy weirdo, but I, I kind of weeded them out. Okay. I was thinking, like, I, I would ask for a sample of the work at least. And it was like, uh, well, this is kind of a fun story, but there's a woman who said, well, actually, I, I do I do drawings of baseball players. I was like, okay, that's kind of neat, <laughs> but I'm not going anywhere near that. And then I saw her interviewed on like Channel 11. No. Oh, yeah. No. And I was like, oh, that's, I mean, it's it's okay, but you know, that's that's my prejudice right there. I don't need someone who draws baseball players. Because you're a painter. I originally, originally, yeah, originally, I wanted to be a fine artist, and you know, I had my period in my twenties where I was wrestling with demons on a canvas with acrylic paint and a bunch of other dumb stuff that doesn't coincide with being like a, an adult yeah. in, in modern society. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, and, and then I had a kid too. And so I kind of reconciled that with Lisa was talking a little bit earlier about, you know, you don't necessarily have to throw in the towel and become a banker if you are creative. So I found commercial photography as a way to compromise the two things, the two things that I value, such as providing a life for my kid mm-hmm. and simultaneously not wearing a suit and being gone all the time. But anyway, back to the project, um, I'm installing this mural with Piloto, and I'm like, hey, you know, I had this project a long time ago that I was doing of, of, of shooting artists in their studio spaces, and you're cool looking. Why don't I shoot you too? Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, that's fine, but you should also meet this woman, uh, Lisa. Really? Like, okay, I should meet Lisa. And you knew him because and I your kids him. go to the same school. <clears throat> I only well. knew Piloto, the sculptor. But when Piloto said, I mean, talk about judging in terms of the baseball drawing artist, when he said, oh, there's this school dad who wants to take pictures of artists. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I remember the phone call. <laughs> right? I'm oh. like, do I have to talk to some hack who's going to take, like, weirdo pictures? And I was like, yeah, Piloto, thanks. But um, let me first just go to his website. And I, I think I even ignored the email for more than three days, which is a really long time for me. And then I went to his website. It's bradleyphoto with an F.com. So I go to this website and it's like featured in Chicago magazine, beautiful interiors, like beautiful, beautiful that you would pay a lot of money for interiors. And I thought, okay, I have, now I have the wrong name because there's no way this like totally legitimate photographer guy is going to want to take pictures of interiors of messy artist studios and messy artists. But then, yeah, we, we ended up talking and your work really legitimized you, but then also his interest in the project of just photographing artists also was very legitimate. What a cool story, how you came together that way. 
I mean, you, you were both seeking uh, kind of the next thing to sort of satisfy your artistic interests. We both asked the universe you did. for what we wanted. So, so it's many, true. So many you laugh, but it is. It's well, it so, is. You got to put it out there, you right? So, there. so many of the best things in my life have come from like interacting with my daughter, doing things for my daughter. That's, that's honestly what drives me more than this big desire to create is just to help my kid. And that led me to Lisa. Children are an amazing avenue to engage I mean, right, it's puppies. I was going to say dogs and or kids. Beer, right? Or kids. I mean, when you move to a new place or you start any new endeavor, kids are such an amazing gateway. And I tell my two children, who I frequently call roommates, that if you weren't so nice, if you weren't so awesome, I would never make any friends because kids are the gateway. I mean, like, they expose you to so much. And kudos also to Dewey Elementary for having, number one, an artist in residency program, but also, somebody like Piloto, who is this mural that he's making, this 3D crazy sculpture mural thing, is is unbelievable. So that's it's so beautiful. It's getting installed in the school. He's actually building it. I mean, can I can I do a quick plug for Piloto? Yeah, it's really neat. He's got. I, I went to help volunteer, and he had these big sheets of clay. Now, I had I had to cut little clay circles so I didn't get to hear the whole story. But he sort of explained some cultural significance of clay molding as it relates to. Um, like ancient Mexican art, uh, so I guess like Aztec or whatever. But and then he had the kids take these circles that I'd been cutting off in the distance, and, and they would mold little faces into them huh. or work with pattern. And then he's literally taking these circles and painting them the various shades of uh, the, the mural that he's put up. And he's going to install them over the mural, so the mural is is his design, but it's going to be kind of almost like a mosaic out of these clay wow. tiles that the kids made. So they're so invested in it. Yeah, and it's take. I mean, it's going to take them three and a half to six months to actually fabricate the. And it's one of the main entrances to the school, so the children get to see him every single day. They get to see a grown up making art. They get to see their involvement in the creative process. And as part of the Open Studios event, he's going to be there working at Dewey Elementary from noon to five. So people can actually, then the grownups in the community, right, can come in awesome. and check this out. And it's it's one of those things that, I mean, you always hear these statistics on the child who takes the painting class at five is the next inventor of X, Y, and Z. I mean, but there's got to be so many connections happening with little kids right now who are exposed to a working artist. And the fact that he's letting them create what he's creating. I just, I mean, I think that there's... What a gift. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Talking about putting something out in the universe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And talk about collaborating and engaging. I mean... All right, so talk to me about how each of you came to uh, your personal interests in art in the first place. For me, I grew up in a household that had both the banker and the artist. My mom was a fashion designer in New York and like the, the late 60s, early 70s. And my dad was the banker. But, you know, I grew up going to the museum at the Art Institute downtown. And I loved to doodle and draw. And my mom saw that and sort of fostered it a bit. There's a project in Evanston schools called Picture Person. And a parent will bring in a piece of fine art and sit down with the class and be like, so what do we see in this painting, children? <laughs> Is that a hat? Is that, you know, what? And my mom was that person. So I always kind of got like an ego stroke out of, you know, art. Yeah. You know, when, in kindergarten, my mom was the cool lady coming out with the picture. Aww. And by, like, fifth, sixth grade, I was the guy who could draw. I could never really play sports all that well, or, you know, I didn't really care to or whatever. 
but it was sort of like an identity for me. Like sure. I was the, the cool, crazy art guy. Um, and then, you know, you get, and this is a problem. You get into high school and you're no longer the, the cool, crazy art guy. You're the weird art guy. Um, <laughs> and that is a problem, which is why I think what Piloto is doing and what the Open Studios Evanston program thing is doing is, is, is really important, really cool, because it's introducing young kids to the concept of art as being cool. So, you know, and is it cool because grownups are doing it? It's cool because grownups are doing it. It's cool because it's beautiful. It's cool because Piloto's got tattoos. You know, <laughs> like these are kids. And I do, I do too. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's uh, showing kids that art isn't some stuffy, dumb thing. Well, and I bet the the immediate reaction that the kids show when they're watching this happen and the transformation in front of their eyes, they can't help themselves but to react. And when they're in the safety of their classmates all reacting together, it, it sort of validates that this is an okay thing to do. And I think Lisa's doing the same thing, but for grownups. Yeah. With the Open the open Studios project. Well, grownups, but also it is a very family-friendly type of things. And there are some, there are some places that have programming for children. But the, the unique part about the Piloto project in general is that children are actually understanding that they can make art, that there isn't some this like degree of separation where they couldn't possibly paint a Monet because they don't understand putting color and light and dots together, that art really is just self-expression mm-hmm. and you can use any tools you want. And that's what's so great about what we were saying earlier about the art studios is seeing all the tools, all the mess, all the creative process happen. I think there's so many people that own their only interaction with art is going to a museum and seeing the art on the wall. They never meet the artist. They never know how difficult it was and the struggle to come to that painting. I, until I was an adult, I didn't even know that like with oil paintings, there were layers that you had to redo and it it might take you a year and a half. I mean, like my art, how did it come to you? Yes. Yeah, so I am extremely incredibly naive in the art world uh, in terms of, you know, I flunked at least once that class that you take in college with all the slides. What is it called? Like, art history. Art history. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I was like, are you serious that you're going to make me look at slides for two hours and then ask me what I, I, no way, Jose, introduce me to Barbara, the painter who made that thing. Talk to me about what she's all about, and I will totally remember the name of that. But without being able to engage, I can't absorb. So my thing was at a certain point in my grown-up adult life, as I became very specific about who I spent time with, who I married, who I worked for, um, I just always kept gravitating towards the makers and the creatives. Um, By the way, your husband's an artist. And, and, And selfishly, right. So then I marry, then I fall in love with, this artist guy who's um, like, he's, he's, I think what people refer to as like the artist artist, like artists love him. Oh my gosh. Kids love him. Kids are mental for his work. He Can you does, give him a plug? Yeah, I'll give him a plug. He does. He's known for something called the swing set drum kit, which will be all over Chicago this entire summer. And it's literally a deconstructed broken down drum kit that connects to a gear mechanism that connects to a swing set. And when you swing, the gears go and they play the drums. Super basic, right? Like super, but it's a very crazy. And so in falling in love with him and, and seeing how his brain works um, and the way my brain doesn't work, like I, 
I don't have creative bones in my body. I'm, I'm very much a connector. I very much am a producer, but you know, I might take pottery like at some point, but I can't make stuff, but I'm really interested in humans who can make things. And they certainly artists are very gravitate toward me because they're like, Oh my gosh, that lady gets stuff done. I'm over here making pots and pans in the corner with cool pottery, but if I hang out with her, maybe she'll get me a show. So, I mean, there's a natural attraction. So in, in being with my husband now for 17 years this year, specifically seeing the challenges that he faces and my talents in terms of producing and that kind of stuff, I, I think that eventually somewhere down the line, I will just, I will do this all the time. I will connect artists with, the people who are out there who are interested in their work. I mean, I think, I think that's what's going to happen on the planet. You have a job. I totally have a job. I mean, this is, this is, you're doing this out this of the goodness of your project. heart, your passion, your interest. This is an organic. Yeah. And this is only year two. So it's still super baby steps, but the success of it is already very obvious because people like Chris who are legitimate in their career, don't need to be doing anything for anybody to help move along their project. I mean, are getting involved. Like we have Heather Hancock, who's been this amazing, she's a glass and mixed media artist. Mm. Um, She's one of the people featured. Chris did an amazing, amazing portrait of her in her studio, which was really a clean studio considering it was, I thought it was so messy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard a glass and mosaic artist and I, I was worried about my gear getting cut up and scratched, maybe possibly my feet. Um, and no, she everything was very organized, um, but chaotically so. Like in one corner, there were sketches and drawings of things that she was going to make. In another corner, sure enough, there were the the, the glass fragments and shards. But luckily, they were you know, bundled up so as not to injure anyone. And then her tools were uh, what what she was currently working on was out on the table. But then her tools were off in one spot and then uh, there was like a little collection of natural things sticks and feathers and stuff like that hmm. and um she had some of her her work was you know up and for sale down in the studio um so so it was organized but it was it was definitely um sort of like a like an organized chaos that yeah, yeah a bit yeah um but just looking at it you could see the creative process that she goes through um, in like little stations. So it was fun to see it from like, from uh, conception to, to completion, the whole, the whole thing is there in that space. And I think that's one of the things that I like about art studios is that, uh, you look at a painting and, and, or you look at a finished piece and you say, wow, that's really neat. That's really pretty. And then you go <laughs> on to the next one. Um, so really true. Really <laughs> but to see the studio, I think, and Lisa was talking about a little bit, a little bit earlier, but to see the studio, you see that whole, process that um you, you don't get to see just looking at the finished the finished piece to have that human connection and and know what went into something like that is you rolled your eyes when you, you rolled, said that. i know right yeah. he hates that part he it's, so, it's so cliche. art no it's not cliche it's just art is so personal you don't i mean i don't make it for other people i mean okay that's so wrong commercial photography i absolutely do i have a client who wants something done yeah but the fine art side of it i I don't get a lot of human connection out of that when I'm when I'm making stuff or when I see other people making stuff. They're doing it because they need to or they want to. How does it make you feel when somebody tells you that they love your work, though? What what does that do for you, if anything? Because I would guess some artists 
have absolutely no reaction to that because it is, it's deeply personal and they could really not care what somebody else thinks. But for you, if somebody compliments you on something in particular that you've done, what does it, does it embarrass you? Does it, does it makes it, me want to slip them a business card and direct them to my website, <laughs> which again is, <laughs> I think, I think I got my one plug in. I don't want to ruin, I don't want to ruin the show here. Wait, cause it, it inspires you to do more work with that person because you feel like they are buying what I'm selling because they believe in what I'm doing. I mean, why? Cause I, mean, I know if there's, you want, if you want to make a living at, at art, commercial art, especially you need to make good work or people won't hire you. Right. When someone says, I like the work, it looks good. Automatically I go into, you know, possible client mode. So I don't know if that's uh, necessarily the most altruistic thing to say, but it's true. Well, you're probably thinking about everything from your daughter to funding your next school project. Right. Personal validation. You know, I'm I'm being a little little silly about this. Absolutely. (laughs) You get your, you, you get that validation that the the hard work you're. It's got to feel great. I mean. It does. Sure. Of course it does. Because it would feel awful if somebody was like. I mean, if, if you had, if you had photographed, cause we were counting before the interview began that Chris is up to eight portraits. I mean, there are 50 studios that will be open during open studios, but there are 100 artists who will be on display throughout Evanston. So in that period of time, there's, there's just a ton of people, but we can't, he can't photograph everybody. So he's photographing this very small sort of population. Um, and it would have been really awful if the first picture coming back was because the first people you photographed were sidetrack studio, Rory coin coin and Lauren Lovato coin. Was that the first one or was Heather? No, that was the first one. That was the first one. And they're a very, they're a young couple who just uh, rented out a studio space slash gallery space down in the Amley apartments. Oh yeah. It's called sidetrack studios. He's a painter. She does drawing. She's represented by like Packershaw Gallery in the city. She's, they're both totally legit, awesome artists. Beautiful people too. They've got the tattoos and the beards. Super, super intimidating to have that be the first one. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh my God, their work is amazing. They're not going to be both hard. Hot. They're, yeah, they're not going to be hard to photograph even, even a little bit. Uh, there is no bad angle. And they have this amazing space that they had just bought. I'm thinking they're, they might even be younger than me. And, so, <laughs> and they were barefoot. Why were they barefoot? Or was she barefoot? I think they were barefoot. Uh, Rory mentioned that he paints barefoot. Um, I love that. Yeah, I, I mean, fun. I love then, and, and we'll be having a slideshow, as um, listeners can already see right now, on the podcast. But I love that you can look at people and just know a little bit more about them that you might not know otherwise, unless you're describing this stuff, you know, that. Yeah. And that's the one part of the puzzle that, you know, to pique people's interest, to get them excited. Um, we can say a thousand times, go to open studios. This studio will be open, meet this painter, but to get these little select sneak peeks of exactly who these people are, Uh um, is really invaluable. I mean, we could not we we could not have paid or art directed this to happen. It would have been a, a cluster. I know it. And the <laughs> fact that this is just sort of Chris has just taken on this project because this is something he's wanted to do for a long time. And the people who we do have representing, um, you know, the older white man, the stylish middle aged black woman. I mean, like we are perfectly setting up the table for like 
everybody makes art, no matter where they are in life, no matter what they look like um, or what their studio looks like or what they're making. Um, Grownups do make, they are more than firemen and nurses. Like they make art. And they also, what I also think that portraits do is communicate this air of calm and confidence and um, a security that maybe that 21 year old angsty ridden painter might not have been such a great portrait study to do, but these like grownups who were just doing it. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. It's, they look like, yeah, I'm a total badass. And yeah. I, I got this for a living. Yeah. And I got this. And, and it's, it's a perfect messaging for this project because it's, it's exactly what people are going to see, but let's say they miss out, they're sick that day. They can't, you know, the studio is not ADA compliant, whatever it is. They get these little glimpses yeah. of who's there and it's, it's really, really awesome. I love it. Is I'm there, super excited. What inspired you to do it in the first place? I don't think you talked about that necessarily. Like to, to... I don't. I don't know. Um, I, I kind of maybe I missed painting. Maybe I missed making the fine art. Um, I'm busy. Like I, I do the commercial art. I have a daughter. Um, I'm totally single. Uh, so it's, <laughs> and it's my, my email it's, is yeah exactly no but it's my daughter and I and uh, so I'm I am the caregiver. And, you know, I also have this career and I, I don't have a lot of space or a lot of time to make fine art. So that, and I needed to be making work. Winter's slow for commercial photography. I don't know why. I think it's because people wrap up their, their, their big projects for the year and then they get hammered at the office party mm. around Christmas. <laughs> and then they, they kind of <laughs> just don't do work for a couple months because it's too damn cold. <laughs> so things pick up again in the summertime. But in that, that gap, I'm not shooting so actually, when when the project first started way back, it was during the winter time, mm. you know, I, I wanted to be around fine art. I wanted to be around artists. I wanted to meet new people. I wanted to make new work to show to prospective, you know, clients or buyers or whatever. And you made it happen. And so many relationships, also, like in terms of why I've met you, yeah, and why I've met Chris. I mean, I think so many relationships organically come out of the very basic element of two people wanting the same thing. I wanted more engagement with artists. Yes, I wanted to also get to know my community, which you poo-poo, but I wanted to be around creatives. I have this crazy, I mean, my life is so compartmentalized Mm -hmm. um, that I have like 11 minutes to do a passion project a day, right? So I have to fit whatever it is I'm doing into this. So you've got to, you've got pickup at 3.30, right? You've got to shoot. You've got to go to a location. You can't stage it. It has to be as it is. You can bring lights. I mean, like there's all of these wonderful constraints have made really cool creative process happen, which I imagine if you're a graphic designer and it, and somebody says, design this eight by 10 page, you're a little bit relieved versus if you walk into a studio and you're a painter and someone says, do whatever you want. I mean, that might be a little bit, that might be yeah. contact city. What I love is that the constraints of both of our lives have produced really, really cool projects because we want really similar things. But you know, that it brings up something that I was thinking about earlier and it just reinforces that it it would be really easy in both of your circumstances to feel overwhelmed by the task in front of you, whether it's putting together your, right, you know, right, right. Which is where Lisa is amazing for me because literally I get an email from her, which is like, I have done 
95% of the legwork here. This person wants to shoot with you. Here is their email. Here's their contact information. Here's a really good time to reach them. Um, and then I'm like, hey, well, you know, in an email, want to shoot? Uh, I can do this. So that's because because that's what I can do. I can shoot. Yeah. Um, so you know, thank you, thank you, Lisa, for uh, and for the willing the subjects. Like no one, also, you're very welcome, Chris. But no one has said no, and and every several artists have been like, oh, can you show me like some examples of? And I'm like, sure. Here's you know two other pictures that he's taken, and immediately everyone's like, yes. I'm available anytime, anywhere. <laughs> Send them over. It's like you're a facilitator. Yes. You're a, there's the connector, connector, you said. Connector, agent, I mean, one of those things. I mean, well, and it's also like my hyperventilatory is like I, I could always do so much more. Like, right? I could always get the sponsor to get the billboard. But, you know, you can all, if you just do what you can do, then you're less of a jerk for people to be around right. because they don't pick up on that like super crazy neurotic energy. Um, so that it's just an L it's just, you do what you can do and then you put it to bed and that's it. And this is very much like if I ask, like Heather has been another amazing resource because I'm like, um, I have no bandwidth to ask people to, for press. Like, so I'm on it. She's on it. She's emailing you. We have a podcast. She's emailing, you know, North shore CBB. We have a Facebook ad. I mean, like, so if you ask again, it totally gets done, but I can never take a picture. I mean, ever in a million years. So I find it so easy to just send an email and be like, Hey, are you available? I think that's just it too. Cause I, I often wonder, I feel like I could possibly given maybe a month or two, teach a monkey how to do my job. Uh, I'm really, serious. I'm serious, but really I think, can. and I know, and the people that I talk to who I say that to say that's, you know, that's ridiculous. And I'm shaking but my that's head just too. It. The, the the communication and the the wheel greasing comes so naturally to Lisa that she feels that it's easy and she doesn't and you know the creative stuff that the shooting seeing the light that way is, is you know it's easy to me but it's the symmetry between you know your different talents that you're both willing to you know acquiesce or, or let somebody else do a little bit of the heavy lifting or take credit or, or whatever the case may be. But, you know, you're also both very self-deprecating too, both of your personalities. And I would think that maybe in the, you know, stereotypical um, difficult artist situation, which you are clearly not Chris, um, it might be a little different. Have you ever had to deal with somebody who's just really a tough one? to a well, tough nut to crack. Yeah, that's a, I mean, the artists who are participating in open studios, Evanston are very much in the Chris like vein yeah. and that they're really easygoing. They're not demanding. Um, there's no staff to like help clean up your studio and, or make you a, a banner outside. Like everything is do it yourself. So the skeleton is there and you just have to plug and play. Everybody has to be very, very easygoing. But if, I mean, if, if Chris were the type of photographer who got to a photo studio or to an artist studio and was like, yeah, Fran, I don't really like that sweater. Could you go check? Like if he was a micromanaging, difficult to deal with. I mean, so this project is only good for certain people. The self-selecting and, ones yeah, who are and, willing to I mean, would you argue that that's not the case? Did you make anyone change? Did you make artists change? That no, I didn't. Um, that, that, that side of me only comes out when... When I'm getting paid, 
when they're getting paid? Um, when I have a client to please, when, when I have to really enforce a vision. But this is about documenting amazing, extraordinary people as they are. So that's what I tell people. I'm like, dude, this is, this is your time. How do you want to be portrayed? Cool. Go get it. Um, <laughs> which, which is easier on me, too. It's like, you know, maybe I like your sweater, maybe I don't. But the important thing is you like it. So wear that sweater. So could we make the argument that commerce ruins art? I mean, we certainly could. The I think that'd be, more, that'd be more your, uh, your field, the, the talking and the, <laughs> the words. Um, right. And, and maybe even the thoughts. Yeah. I mean, because there, there has been pressure with the studio tour of, um, you know, I want artists to feel as though they're totally allowed to sell their work. If they're in their studio and they have work up on the walls, um, sell it and, and then keep the money. Uh, you don't have to, you know, cause artists are so used to a gallery taking 50% or okay. a producer taking so And this is very much like, this is yours to maximize. This is your thing to do it with. And that's also really tricky. I think for a lot of artists because they just don't know how, or they, they haven't ever had the experience because they've never been in a gallery and they've never professionally maybe shown their work. So there's an element of, I really think that, uh, I want people to really maximize this as their own thing mm-hmm. um, and take full advantage of it without telling them what to do. Right. Cause I am inherently an incredibly bossy micromanaging human. Um, and I would maybe be, if this was my, if there was a budget and a deadline mm-hmm. um, and in other careers in my life where I maybe was the managing editor of a magazine, I was monstrous and negating photos and Xing paragraphs. But in this scenario, I, I'm very much like this photo was amazing. I love this glass mosaic. I mean, everything is so great. Like everything has been, and that's very much the vibe of the project. Now I'm sure there's a couple artists out there who are like, I'm not going to muddy down my super legit level of art career where I'm at with my gallery and my collectors and, Mm -hmm. and they don't need open studios and, or they don't want open studios and that's fine too. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a very specific community focused, easygoing, sort of lovey-dovey artists we're trying to attract to this. And it's, it seems to be working. Well, it sure does. And what does the, what does the day of the, this is June 6th, correct? Yeah. So the physical art studio tour is June 6th. What does that day look like? Noon to five. Um, it is supported by about 25 venues. So everything from galleries to bookstores uh, that house these maps. And on the map is a list of all participating artists and all participating venues. And then a big fat map of Evanston with dots on it. And a dot might say number one. And the number one might say Amy Woodbury next to her name is painting. And then where she is. Um, and, and, in its first year, people were like, well, I just can't read a list and like pick names. It's really super confusing. There's a hundred people on this list. What am I going to do? So the map is now going to be organized by medium. So there'll be painting and jewelry and photography. Um, but essentially it's a self-guided tour that you take yourself on through different mediums of art. Um, and artist studios are open. They might have refreshments. They definitely will have the artists there. Um, current works might be on display two to three pieces, Mm -hmm. old stuff, tools. Um, and we had studios last year of 
who, you know, some people got four visitors in a five hour period and others got 75. So it's super hit or miss. And some of the thing. Some, some studios are in private residences. Yeah. They're like in people's basements. Wow. And you have to go downstairs, like through their living room. Wow. And you have to be really brave as the artist host to be like, yeah, public come into my house. And there's yeah. like a little sign outside in the yard. And then there's the map. So there's several points of entry, but there's also a uh, website, which is um, openstudiosevanston.blogspot.com. Cause it's again, a free website platform. So ideally you should go to the website and sort of navigate. It's just a big mosaic of images of who's participating and maybe you pick 10 studios to go to because you couldn't possibly go right to a hundred or 50. That'd be crazy. It's, um, it's similar, but just on steroids compared to a garden walk. Yeah. And say. you can't walk either because it's throughout the entire city of Evanston. Like Joe Taylor is way like Southwest side and he probably is going to get a lot of traffic because the beautiful portrait that Chris took of him has been a major promotional tool for the event. So probably a lot of people are like, hey, Joe Taylor, but he will have maps there. And then around his house will be other studios. So hopefully people will grab a map and then just walk around um, a designated area. But this year, what's different also is there's going to be an accompanying exhibit. Hmm. So everybody was like last year, they were like, we want a viewing party. Anything else? <laughs> I do enough around here. I'm like a viewing party. That's crazy. Like a party where everybody puts their work up for one night. That's so much work. That can't, well, we could have a viewing exhibit. I'm like, oh, let me ask the city. So the city gave us the second floor of the noise gallery. So June 4th, which is a Thursday before June 6th, which is a Saturday, there'll be an opening, uh, a typical art opening from 6 to 9 p.m. And every single artist who's having a studio open for open studios will have their work one piece of art there. So it'll be a crazy mishmash salon style bananas opening. And another thing that Evanston has never had as a city, which this is so crazy is um, an exhibit of just purely Evanston artists. There has been like collections of maybe small micro communities of Evanston art, but there's really never been like this collective. Let's see all the people who right. are making nothing art. curated. So, yeah, that's going to happen. Um, and then also someone like Chris Bradley, photography, who isn't going to have a studio, but he has been doing this photography project. His work will be up. Um, we also had an ETHS high school student last year who did a photo essay called "These Are the Artists in My Neighborhood," and she got a map and got a camera and then just walked around her neighborhood and met. You know, she had no idea there were artist humans living in her neighborhood and she met five of them and she took their beautiful black and white pictures of them in action. Her work will be up. Um, so it, it'll it be a great opportunity. Even if somebody doesn't make it to open studios, they can see the exhibit. It'll be up at noise until the first week of July. That project, that part of the project does make me hyperventilate. But again, there's like five people who are like, don't worry, I'll do the installation. I'll curate it. It's okay. I'll make the name cards. I mean, there's all these amazing volunteers who are also artists. So, I mean, that's the other thing. Lorena, Lorena Labrasa, who's an amazing sculptor. She's like, I'll help you with the installation. Fran Joy, who you photographed. She's a painter. She's like, don't worry about it. I'll do the installation, the curating. Like, it's just so great to see so many people step up and help. It's going to be very cool. They're doing far more than just the art. I mean, you are all 
putting so much into so this, much into it just to celebrate it throughout an entire community. And you asked earlier, like, oh my gosh, how come you know not so worried, not so much pressure? And I I have this intellectual gap about like bridezillas. You know, when people like freak out about stuff like this, it's a party. Like, how could you possibly freak out and get stressed out and not be happy Smurf? It's just a party. I mean, it's it's Chris taking beautiful pictures. It's Fran making beautiful paintings. And it's people engaging with them. That's really on, on the, really the most basic level. That That's all it is. It's kind of like a really citywide block party. But then, of course, there's the haters out there who are like, why isn't this five days long? Why aren't there live bands that night? How come Chris didn't take my picture? So, I mean, there's all those humans that I'm just like, <laughs> what advice would you offer to somebody who feels intimidated and has never done something like this, never attended something like this, doesn't know the first thing about art? What should they keep in mind? Yeah. How to engage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would just go to the website, openstudiosevanston.blogspot.com, go to the homepage and look at the kind of art that's being made and maybe pick five. Um, regardless of location, and just pick five different artists whose work you think is interesting. Or go to the opening on June 4th and check out all the work and maybe pick out a couple. There'll be maps there too, so you can circle the names. On that most basic level, I would say engage. 100 is far too intimidating and you can't do it. Pick five. Or at least, you know, Google Chris Bradley and and find out about this project and go to the exhibit just to see his work. You know, you don't have to go to a bunch of studios. You don't have to go buy art. I keep thinking in my head, I oftentimes have a lot of songs in my head. And one of them is from Sesame street. Who are the people in your neighborhood? Right. So that's what I was going to, you were going to say that. That's so weird. Not so much Sesame street, but, but find a map, find your neighbors making art and go check them out. They, They would love the support. They'd love to meet you. Yeah. And even if you don't buy work, it's, it's so nice to for artists who oftentimes are so solitary for sure to engage with people who are like that's great i'm so glad you're making glass mosaics or painting cats good for you i mean that's sort of that that fills a reservoir for for sure a long time because you both you bring up the the excellent point that as much as a newbie like me going to you know an event like this where i don't know how to speak art i don't know the right questions to ask the artists themselves might often be just as intimidated by people walking the into public. their yeah yeah <laughs> a high five of just like good job that you're still making it i mean in talking to chris and finding more out about his journey like you know he was drawing and then he was painting and then the panic of like oh my gosh I'm a grown up how do I sustain my creative juices without becoming a banker I mean just giving someone a high five like good job still making this stuff I was gonna say banker was never an option <laughs> oh I wasn't gonna accuse you <laughs> no 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 not not that was I his mean, dad I, know, not I, I don't even these... have the, I don't even no I just don't have the brain I don't have the brain for it uh, I think a lot of artists would feel similarly you get one set of skills or the other. Um, yeah, you usually get, yeah, you do get one or the other. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a, a collective high five to the people who are certainly making our world more beautiful is also a nice little nod. Well, and a collective high five to the both of you for sitting down and just revealing what goes on behind the scenes of putting a project together like this from scratch and starting a whole new branch of your career from scratch and not giving up when it probably felt completely overwhelming at times and just seeing it for what it was, you know, I mean, it's, and you too. I mean, you're, you're such an inspiration with your projects. I mean, creatively the journey that you've gone on in the last five to 10 years of your life has been 
a major inspiration. I know we're not here to talk about we're you not. this one, we're not. but it's really interesting that you can witness all of these people who are authentically doing really cool projects are attracted to each other. And this for a reason, yeah, I think, for a reason. don't you think? I yeah. mean, everybody's got some voice, whether it's artistic, yeah. whether it's, uh, you know, bank related, yeah. <laughs> whatever that we are never gonna group get is. I'm not going to be interviewing them, but... <laughs> That's why this podcast, once again, is brought to you by Space in Evanston, where uh, studios at Space are an incredible place for you to experience and document the art that you want to create. Chris and Lisa, thank you. Thanks for coming.